Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about making a Ditch Lilies game? Oh, uh, you know, Cove president of the Ditch Lilies fan club, you know I do. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm game designer and co-president of the Ditch Lilies fan club, Phil. And I'm game designer and also co-president of the Ditch Lilies fan club, Senda. (laughs) What's tonight's topic? For tonight's topic, Todd asked, so when are you going to start working on the Ditch Lilies RPG? And seriously, what games would you suggest for role-playing a music band, and how would that differ from between a one-shot and a campaign? Well, well, well. Todd, you're in luck. We're going to answer the first part of your question tonight. <laughs> we could um, answer although the second I, part, too. Well, the second part's easy. Go play Rockalypse. Right. Seriously, um, Rockalypse is definitely the... If you if you really want to see rock band uh, rock band game done correctly, check out Rockalypse. It's That's really the, fantastic. Yep. Yep. Okay, so cool. Now that we've handled the second part of the question, which is just simply, <laughs> I, why have I not played Rockalypse? <laughs> um, now we can go on to the first part, which is, when are we going to start working on a Ditch Lilies RPG? Which is right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Little did Todd know, we've actually been kicking around the idea for a Ditch Lilies RPG for about a week or two. And since a number of you have asked um, in previous um, requests to um, for us to talk about our design process and what our design process looks like, we're going to put those together tonight. A little chocolate and a little peanut butter. <laughs> you got your peanut butter in my chocolate. So we're going to have a little discussion about the Ditchley's RPG, but we're also going to talk a little bit about our design process as well as what I think is a pretty awesome design tool i'm going to call it a tool to use to kind of get started when you're designing right so just as a heads up this is not a normal format for our show so if this is your first time listening just uh hang in here next week we're going to go back to our normal gming advice topics but for now let's do a quick definition just in case you haven't binged the entire podcast and talk about who the ditch lilies are so definition panda you want to define for me ditch lilies Absolutely. The Ditch Lilies are the greatest all-girl 90s alt-rock band you never heard of. Right. So, now a brief disclaimer, which is that the Ditch Lilies are not real. (laughs) Um, They started as an improv tool that Phil and I used to warm up before shows, and they were born in the outtakes, and then have become an ongoing gag from there. So, please don't look for them on YouTube or Twitter or anything. You, You won't find them. That's part of the reason you haven't heard of them part of why it's hilarious to us sorry chris sorry chris we've accidentally tricked a couple of people and we feel bad (laughs) it does it does give credit to how uh believable um our stories are apparently (laughs) yeah okay so um back to the ditch lilies there are four members of the band lily is our uh lead singer Mm -hmm. lead singer and disaster romantic oh man Um, disaster lesbian yeah, disaster pan or something. No, yeah, like disaster that. pan, disaster yeah. everything. Right. Uh, Megan is our drummer and mathematical genius. 
Michelle is our cool guitarist and the most athletic in the band. Mm-hmm. And Ashley is our really forceful bass player, but she's also got a real good eye for fashion. Yep. Like fashion and style. She's very stylish and cool. Right. And, and she's also known for lighting things on fire. That happens. <laughs> anyway, so the girls were a band, and they were uh, touring from 1991 to 1999. They recorded a number of albums, uh, the most popular of which being Friction and Aggression and, of course, uh, Last Broken Heart. Mm-hmm. Two of my favorite albums I of mean, all time. of all time. How could you not? Yep. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Uh, the thing about the Ditch Lilies that really is outstanding is that they have brushed up or were adjacent to so many amazing events in the 1990s. Yeah, pretty much like anything really big. So like they were playing a gig in Seattle in 1991 and Kurt Cobain was there and saw them and Lily was wearing this flannel shirt and he thought it was super cool and thus was born grunge. Bam. Just like that. Just like that. It was and there are so many stories like that. Like, we could just do a whole show about that, but that's not what we're here for. So, now that you know a little bit more about the Ditch Lilies, the question is, like, sure, that's fun and it's a cool, like, improv thing, but how do you make a game out of that, right? Yeah. So, what we're going to do is we're going to actually talk a little bit about, like, how we come up with ideas for games and then kind of how we focus them. Yeah. So often a game idea is something that comes up kind of at random in a conversation, like things, random things are inspiring and it either comes up as kind of like wishful thinking or as a joke or whatever that suddenly sparks an idea. So for this particular one, it was Phil who got smacked in the face with the inspiration. So tell us, Phil, what was your inspiration? Yeah, so... I don't think I've ever purposely sat down and um, designed a game. Like I've never sat down and been like, I need to make a game and then started working on something. It's always been a thing where I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if, or wouldn't it be cool if dot, dot, dot. And then I stop and I'm like, yes, that. So in the case of the Ditch Lilies RPG, what got me was I made a joke about on the Mistractor Mark show about the Ditch Lilies um, being kind of like dogs in the vineyard, right? So if you're familiar with dogs in the vineyard, it's like the Mormon-esque Western story where these roving judges go to towns and they solve these like like serious tone problems, like corruptions and things like that. But just as easily like lighten that tone up a bit and now you have the girls on tour arriving from town to town and solving problems it's also like the it's also the format for a sitcom right, right. like yes it is that or too. or a teen drama this could be a cw drama it really like, could they would make such a good cw drama yeah okay so anyway that's like that's how like so i said it out loud and i kind of laughed about it and then i did the thing i always do where i stopped and i was like Oh, mm. <laughs> right. And that's usually all one of us needs to get started. And so what I want to do now is talk a little bit about a tool that we have used in the past. I think sometimes you don't know we've used it. Yeah, I Because um, I don't think I introduced it the first time. But no. it, it's a tool that I've used quite often and you've used inadvertently. <laughs> Um, (laughs) called The Three Questions. Um, And they're three questions from game designer Jared Swordson. And it helps kind of focus what your game is about. And Jared came up with these three questions. 
I, I love them because I think um, I like games that are really tight and pointed. Yeah, agree. So so for me, if you can't answer these questions cleanly, like then you're not there yet. Right. You haven't focused in enough. Right. Okay. So the three questions are, what is your game about? How does your game do this? How does your game encourage slash reward this? Right. So this is what I really like, right? Because it makes you state what your game's about. And then the next two are the beginning of your thoughts about mechanics. And they're and they're it's those two questions are not only good at the beginning, but they're great like a focusing tool during your design when you look at rules and ask, like, is this a thing my game is supposed to do? You know, have I built in the correct reward loops? Right. Have I, you know, though, like, ha- if I say my game does this, are there mechanics that do this? Right. right? Or am like I just saying, in the setting, this happens? Right. But I haven't done anything mechanically to support that. Right. Cool. All right. So I thought it would be fun if we just actually answered those three questions. Yeah. So we're just going to chat about it. Yeah. And yeah. We're just going to have a little chat. I'm going to just ask you a question then. Sh- yeah. Sure. Go ahead. It's like we've done some shows on questions, too. But this particular question is, what is your game about? Sure. So when you say your game, yes. um, this I will mean, be our, our game. Our game. Inevitably. But sure. Okay. The Ditch Lilies travel town to town, solving problems with queer love and rock and roll. Yeah. But, but, but to answer that and to use those words, because they all sound great. Yes. We had to figure out a little bit more specifically, like, what do you mean when you uh, yeah, say absolutely. queer love in this yep. particular context. And I don't even know we have it completely worked out, right. but I think we have enough ideas around it that it's a good start. I, I just want to back up for a second and say that like, there's a thing about my own personal design philosophy that has come about in the last couple of years, which is I really can't design a game until I write this sentence down. Right. Like I know this sentence for all, all three of our games. Yeah. Right? Like, what is it for Hydro Hackers? Do you remember? Your hydropunk Robin Hood stealing oh, water yes. from corporations to keep your neighborhood alive. Yeah. And I remember right? like, I remember when we stumbled across it for Turning Point, too. Yeah. And what's the Turning Point one? Uh, it's a collaborative. It's, not actually a, it's a yeah, collaborative dramatic decision, decision-making engine. Yeah. See, like, the second that sentence comes to be, like, now I can totally see the game. So do we, this is an interesting just side note since we're sitting here chatting. Is this going to be a two-part episode? Is it, are we going fairly long? I don't know. We're like 25 minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, if, if it is a two-part episode, that's perfectly fine. Anyway, so yeah, so Ditch Lilies, traveling town to town, solving problems with queer love and rock and roll, right? Like, it's a cool, catchy phrase, right? It's a quick way to describe the game. All right. It's the elevator pitch. It is kind of the elevator pitch. Yeah, it is the elevator pitch. Literally, when okay. when somebody asks me about one of our games, I usually say that thing directly. And then if they seem mm-hmm. interested, then I say more. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Anyway, cool. Um, let's just trip right along. So how does our game do this? Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, we just like we jump in and I I, I just kind of picked the uh, for the system. I want to use the game that the game system that Chris is developing called the ordered number system. Right. We used to call it sequence, but uh, that overlaps too much with an existing board game. So we're calling it the ordered number system or one. 
Yes. And really quick, the basis of one is um, it's got a little DNA from a whole bunch of games that we like. But the essence of it is you're going to roll a small pool of dice. And uh, the, high, the, the highest die in your little pool of dice is going to determine the overall outcome. Right. So five and sixes are successes. And I think fours and threes are partial successes and twos and ones are failures. But to get extra narrative positioning or extra effect, you build sequences of numbers based off your highest die. So a five is good, but a five, four is better. Yeah. And a five, four, three is better than that and onward. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I've, Chris has been developing this for a little while. Um, I've played it a couple times when Chris was playtesting it. I really like the system. It's light. It's light. It's intuitive. I think it would be fun to play. Like, I just want to mess with it. So this is like, for, for me, from a design perspective, like, could we have made a PBTA game? Yes. Could we have made a fate game? Yes. But in this case, I really wanted an excuse to mess around with ordered number. Yeah. With the ordered number system. Okay. Uh, so then how do we do this, right? So um, if we go back to that statement and pull a few words out, right, we need to kind of, we need to blow them out with mechanics, right? So problems, like right. what are the problems? What are the problems that you are solving? Yeah. So I like, for that, I like the idea of a little bit of Questlandia meets protocol Yeah. Uh, and do some playing cards, right? Like yeah. suits, be, suits being types of problems. And the numbers being some sort of probably like a prompt of like what the problem is. And yeah. then the GM can kind of work with that. Yep. Cool. Uh, queer love. So queer love, you hinted to this before. Yeah. Um, it, surprisingly, there's no actual definition for the word queer love. Um, but I feel like it's one of those things like when I, when I say it, people kind of know what we mean. Right. But for the sake of designing the game, we will also probably put some spin i shouldn't say spin um so, like our own definition of what we feel like queer love means so things like inclusive and diverse and empathetic caring positive right like words that you know like that we associate with queer love but how that's going to manifest itself in the game is in a few different places so in our character descriptions mm -hmm. um for sure so characters in ordered number are defined by like a primary thing and a secondary thing, like a primary archetype and a secondary archetype. So our archetypes will have some of those queer love words in them. Mm -hmm. And then additionally, there'll be each character is going to have what's called a solo. It's like a power that you can unlock during the game. Uh, and then you, once you've unlocked it during the game, you can use it at any point in the narrative by just declaring it. And those will be very much rooted in queer love. Like those powers will be the kinds of things that like create empathy and understanding and things like that. And then the other part is because the ditch lilies, one of the other things that ditch lilies are really known about is <laughs> that um, everybody in the band has dated everybody else at one point or another. Yeah, m more than once. More than once, yeah. Yeah. That when the game starts, especially in a one shot, two of the characters will be in love mm -hmm. and two of them will have just broken up. Yes. But the two that are in love will get a special sheet based on which two characters it is that will have a little description about what their romance is like. But more importantly, it will have another power called the duet. Yes. That combines their two styles into a, an ability. And then same thing, you'll unlock it. So it'll be a longer sequence, but both players can put dice in to unlock it during play. Yeah. And then once it's unlocked, 
then those two players can trigger it at some point during the game. Anyway, yes, delicious, delicious relationship drama. Um, yeah. So, the, <laughs> so that'll be cool. Uh, and then the last one is rock and roll, right? Like, And I think this goes to Todd's question, like, how do you make mechanics about music? Um, about music. Yeah. And this is where I really like the ordered number system, right? Because what I really like is ordered number engine. I keep saying system, but it's O-N-E, ordered number engine. Okay. What I really like about the ordered number engine is this idea that when you roll dice, you're building sequences from them. Yeah. Right? Or in our case, we're going to call those chords. chords. Yes. Right? Because it's so musical, right? <laughs> okay. So the way that the way that we've been talking about how music's going to work is that we're going to have different songs that the band can play during their gig, right? Because they're going to have a one to two gigs in the town. And so they'll play a song, but there'll be like a number of them, like the song of generosity, the song of healing, the song of, of romance, the song of lust, whatever. And then each member of the band has to contribute a die for the song, but each song determines what place in the sequence the band members have to contribute. So like, like the song for love might be like, it needs to be lead vocal, guitar, bass, drums. Yeah. Right. So the player who's playing Lily has to put the first die down. So that's and if she can only be the highest, yeah. Right. So if she can only put a four down, yep. Right. The rest of the band has to have dice to build off of that. So the the first die will determine the relative like the relative effect of the song, and the sequence you can build from it will determine like how potent the song is like how it's taken up by everybody so as we were talking about that the words power chord came to mind we should just Ooh, like neat. stick that in our heads somewhere yeah whatever i, I don't, don't know, know what, what it is yet, yet but it's got to be in there somewhere yeah <laughs> yeah and so i like this idea that there's this moment especially if you're thinking in this game right like you've discovered this problem in the town the youth center is going to close down unless it gets like some money and so the girls decide to dedicate their gig to raise funds Right. For it, right? So then they select that night. They're like, oh, we need to play the Song of Generosity. Right. Now, it's not called the Song of Generosity. They yeah. have to name a song yeah. and describe it. Yes. But then they then they all roll their dice, and then they have to build it. And, like, maybe they can raise funds for it. Yeah. Right? Like, or maybe they can't raise enough funds for it, but maybe, like, instead they're able to, you know, use those funds to do something else. I don't know. But like that's the idea we've been kicking around, this idea of song and play. And I feel like we could do the third question but we'll go super long. I think we save the third question and there's actually a little extra topic in that third question. There I'm going to yeah. take I'm going to take it out of the notes and actually blow it up into something a little bigger. Yeah, that makes sense. And we'll make a second design topic. So Stick around next week as we kind of finish our discussion about the Ditch Lilies game and some of the design of it. And we'll talk about open-ended games and narrow games. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Good. Because, that sounds perfect. Yeah. That's because a that's really a, good discussion in general. Yeah, yeah. It's a good discussion. And we could... I, I don't want to rush through it here because it's really good. So why don't we just give it its own space? Cool? 
Yeah. All right, good. Then in which case, um, why don't you tell me about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network, and then we'll start packing up and getting ready to head out of here. Yeah. Well, on Bonestone and Obsidian, Wayne and Robert take monthly deep dives into the Dark Sun setting and discuss it across all the editions of D&D. Awesome. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums on misdirectedmark.com. You should absolutely, completely go and sign up for those. They should be live as of the dropping of this recording. We're super excited. Record scratch? (laughs) Yes, that's right. Forums? The forums. The ones we've been talking about for a while now. Yeah, thanks, G+. We've now gone back to the <laughs> early 2000s and embraced our forum heritage. Actually, the forums look awesome. I can say that there is a Pandas Talk Games forum, so you will be able to come in um, after each episode and spark up a conversation. And it'll be a super convenient place for the next thing. Right. So, and, and, and also, if you prefer, you can always drop us an email at panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, what is the next thing that they might be able to do with the new forums and or any of that previous social media information? Using our existing social media or going to the Misdirected Mark forums, you can leave us topics for the show. Yay! Just like Todd did tonight. You can leave us a topic for the show. We love to talk about things that you find interesting. We'll sit around and talk about Ditch Lilies all night I mean, long, all but night. you probably also want some GMing advice. <laughs> um, but it would be super helpful if you told us what GMing advice you wanted, because we could, you know, this way we'll talk about something that you can actually put to use at your table. And that's super fun. And we like being helpful. So, uh, yeah, send us your topics. If you like what we do here at Pandas Talk Games or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get all sorts of cool stuff. You get access to our Slack room for life. You get the bonus outtakes from the show. You get the after show from Misdirected Mark. You get small publications from Encoded Designs, like all of our patrons had Turning Point a week before anyone else. And good chance you might see some uh, digitally stuff or at least have the option to play test it because it's the place where we'll go first to look for people to try play testing the game for sure Mm -hmm. the other thing we like to do is we like to give some shout outs send some love to our um, various patrons and picked a few out for uh for tonight to send some love to send a who do we love tonight well, Eileen Barnes, the Duchess of Pandas Talking Games. Clearly love there. Absolutely. Thank you, Eileen. And of course, Brandon Barnes. Thanks, Brandon. And Chris Foster. Thank you, best Chris. Say, Senda, there is something else people can do besides supporting the Patreon campaign that makes us super happy, makes us like pandas with too much bamboo, or just pandas at the top of a hill rolling down a hill because... That looks like a lot of fun. What is that thing? You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. And every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. And Apple actually just recently rearranged all their podcast categories, which is sort of interesting. So we're now under leisure and then games, which I guess makes sense. Great. Anyway, also, we we just absolutely super duper appreciate it. It's super duper awesome. And artistic validation is a thing. Yeah. Amen. Anyway, say, Phil, show me how you are going to get started adapting the one system for Ditch Lilies. So
Oh, I can't wait. I'm starting on Wednesday. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got. Hey. I have waveforms. You have well, waveforms. I already did that one. We have waveforms. Who could ask for anything more? I know, but I started it this time. <laughs> I know, I'm impressed. I've gotten a lot more singing out of you. Yeah. In the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Not like in the beginning. Bloop. So you made uh, you made chicken nuggets tonight because uh, you're desperately craving Chick-fil-A, but will not give in. I will not. I will not give. I made I made chicken nuggets, waffle fries. I didn't make the waffle fries. I admittedly bought them frozen. But I did put waffle fries in the oven, and then I made frosted lemonades. See? I don't blame you. I mean, you can't <sighs> you can't give in to that. No. But uh, the peanut oil, I think, probably makes a big difference. But also, like, it was a lot of work to feel like I ate a bunch of fast food. <laughs> yeah. I made chicken shawarma tonight. I, I got a good lineup. I have the house to myself this week. So, um, of the meals I'm making include um, the chicken shawarma. Yes. Uh, I'm making, I believe, I, I, I don't think I have the pronunciation right. So, forgive me, but I'm making uh, cheer soup pork, which is a marinated uh, pork. Uh, and I'm going to make a um, noodle stir fry with it one night. And then on Saturday, which is the real reason I'm making the cheer soup, is I'm making pork fried rice. Mm. Like, Bloop. it's a good it, it's a good fried rice recipe. I like it a lot. I, I There are a couple pieces of it that, um, uh, what you call it, the Chinese cooking wine was a thing I didn't know about. Yeah, but now I now I know about, uh, and the other one which I really like is at, at the end of that um, fried rice recipe. After everything's done, so you take it off the heat, everything's mixed together. You just take a, um, a tablespoon of sesame oil. Yeah, just toss and it just over toss everything. it in, and sesame oil and a little bit of um, white pepper. Although I just use black pepper because I don't really care. Um, but you just put those two things in the end while it's still warm and then just toss it through. Ugh. So good. Bloop. We should start recording because we're like... Yeah, you want to do it? Just about six minutes in. Yeah, okay, yeah, Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, food. Yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, next week we'll talk about bags. I don't know what, right. but next week we'll talk about bags because we talked oh, about food. Oh, damn. Because, you know, I actually do have a thing because my Timbuktu three-way came. Go on. <laughs> Slow nod from... <laughs> Go on, because I love the name Seriously, of it. Seriously, I think you just picked this one out for me because of the name, because you like to hear me say, like, ooh, my three-way came, like, you know. As as you should during a three-way. I know. When I was like, oh, you know, I'm getting a three-way. <laughs> now, I know the reason it's named three-way is because it has three different ways to attach onto the strap of a bag. Because yes. what you specifically asked me was, could I find you a cell phone uh, holder that would hook onto the shoulder strap of your bag. Correct. And of course, I could find you one. Yes. Um, and I found some <laughs> cheaper ones that were not called the three-way, um, <laughs> but they were cheap. And, and they weren't called the three-way. And they weren't called the three-way, but the Timbuktu <laughs> one is both quality and has a questionable name. Therefore, it is the correct 
uh, <laughs> product for me to recommend. <laughs> but it's really handy because if you don't have pockets, you don't want to like take your backpack off to put your phone into your backpack and then like your phone rings and you have to take your backpack off to get to your phone. Like you want it to be accessible on the front. I like that you say that to me, but I'm like a member of, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I am unofficially a member of the patriarchy by, by my genetic um, identification. All, everything I own has pockets. I know. You have patriarchy pockets. Your pockets have pockets. I I have, yeah, the patriarchy has provided me shorts with extra pockets. So, like, I'm never without pockets. They took my pockets and they gave them to you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure your (laughs) skirt pockets are my cargo pockets on my shorts. Yeah, they were like, you know what? We just took all these pockets away from all the skirts. What should we do with them? Well, let's just stick them on the outside of all these shorts. Somewhere a decision was made. It was like, women, you cannot be trusted to have pockets. But men, by all means, here's some extra pockets. Lord knows what you're going to need to like. I, I will tell you this: this is how bad it is. So I have like a my cargo shorts have like six pairs of pockets. Maybe two of them have stuff in them at any one time. Most of them are just empty. Well, that because yes, I mean that's the problem. I want my pockets. Give me my pockets back. <laughs> I would gladly give you your pockets back. But the other thing is, like, if you actually put stuff in all of those pockets, would your pants stay up? I have a belt, so yes, my pants would stay up. <laughs> but would they, like, would they weigh down? Yeah, absolutely. Like, in fact, if I sometimes, like, you know, if I'm running out of hands for something, I will just throw, like, a, like if like I'm getting food or something, I will just throw, like, my bottle of water in one of the pockets. But you can feel that, right? Like... <sighs> napkins in one bottle of water in the other one here i am with a purse also trying to juggle all the things in my hands i'm sorry i'm still dying because i almost held it in but then i didn't (laughs) okay i'm just gonna pick that right back up now actually this one should be like acoustic oh so how would you do it like instead of like doot doot it would be like (laughs) that doesn't yeah. really work <laughs> yeah, no. hang on let me see if i can no 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 this thing's already going long stop messing with it <laughs> stop me- you're gonna cry later i am don't cr- don't i don't want to cry. cry okay Bloop. It's, it's a very it's a very you know not watching that commercial with eight-year-old eyes i have a lot to say about that commercial now <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. Bloop. Sorry, no, when you're done, I just realized we should make this game. We should also make a For the Queen hack of Titch Lilies. There you we go. play the four band members and then you answer the questions on the cards and it tangles up your relationships until the band breaks up again. And then the last, the last I, card, the last card is, do you stay with the band? No, it's, 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 it's that game, except you play the band members and it's Lily. Yeah, okay. Why okay. do you, why do you love why Lily? You, Lily's Lily. brought you on tour, so you, you're a roadie. You're one of the girls, like whatever. Like Lily brought you on this tour because she loves you, right? Because um, she loves you, or she did when she invited right. you. <laughs> yes, and so yes. Okay, sorry. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> right. The bus breaks down in a deserted town ta- in a, in an empty town. Do you stay? Do you stay with Lily? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. We'll hack that later. Okay. <laughs> See, and right there, people, that's how that's a game happens. gets that's how a game gets started. Okay. Yes. Hey Bob, put a pin in that. 
Hey, Senda. Damn it. <laughs> Just text it to me when you're editing the episode, and right, I'll I will. take care of putting a pin. Yes, good. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Bloop. On Bonestone and Obsidian, Wayne and Robert take monthly deep dives into the dark sun setting and discuss it all across... We rewind. <laughs> Play. Bloop. And again, Chris, so sorry about that ditch a little. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're still best, Chris. Just still best, Chris. Just, just to be clear, it, it might have made you even more best, Chris, really. Exactly. Yes. Bloop. Well, you can send, you can, you screwed me up entirely <laughs> because of the rolling down the hill bit. Don't they look like they have fun rolling I mean, down the yeah, hill? Yeah, they look like they have lots of fun rolling down the hills, but okay. Bloop. I'm going to start working on it right away. I know we need to kind of maybe do. I have some thoughts about For the Queen now, too. Yeah. <laughs> do show me what you got. 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 Bloop. Yeah, we went longer than I thought. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, no, it's uh, because well, the- we did like 10 minutes about pockets at the beginning. Uh, yeah, we did because we only we did food and we forgot to do bags. So then we had to then do we pockets, did pockets, so. and then we did we did bags, and then we did pockets. We had, we had to talk about your three your three way. Yeah. <laughs> Say, Senda, tell us more about your three way. Please, we need to stop now. <laughs> we like Say need goodbye. to actually stop recording. Okay, bye. Bye. Stop. stop.